You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. I'm in Iron Guard. In the last episode, we visited the tavern and looked at the links. Now it's time to explore Iron Guard. You're exploring the town of Iron Guard, a small settlement on the northwest corner of Lake Hawaiian. Explore now. Suddenly, as you round the corner for a well-kempt building on the outskirts of town, you nearly run into two men struggling to carry a long, heavy log across the lane. The two men look up briefly to acknowledge you before immediately returning their attention to their strenuous toil. The sudden sound of footfalls from behind causes you to instinctively turn in effort to determine who, who is approaching. Much to your surprise and alarm, there is no one there. Unnerved by the strange events, you turn to look back upon the two men carrying their log. Only to find there was no longer any sight of them, as if the men and the log had vanished into thin air. Shaken by the eerie encounter, you quickly set off on your way. Ghosts, presumably? Explore once more. Explore far and wide throughout the town and surrounding area but discover nothing of any particular interest or importance. Keep exploring, nothing of importance. Suddenly, while exploring the town, you become aware of an old man, always standing in interest at a distance, taking great interest in your movements. On several occasions, you attempt to approach the white-bearded man, only to have him slip away before you can reach him. Explore again. Nope, that's the default message. Exploring. Nope, nothing that time. Explore some more. Nope. Exploring. Nope. Exploring. Nope. Nope, nothing of particular interest. Nothing of particular interest. Nothing of particular interest. Nothing. Interest. Nothing. Okay. Ten more explorations. One. Two. Three. Four. While making your way through the northern end of Iron Guard's main thoroughfare. You suddenly find it confronted by an angry, cudgel-wielding brute of a man. The bowel-chested, boarding man strides up to you and begins accusing you of stealing his gold. Then, without warning, he 
He takes a swipe at you, coming within an inch of your head with his sturdy club. Got some options. Move away. Attempt to subdue the angry man. Or attempt to weasen with the enraged man. I'll try weasen first. Although it doesn't work, it's fist time. You attempt to weasen with the angry, distraught man while keeping a close watch on the cudgel gripped in his right hand. Pick a number. Bonus of 40. 20 from diplomacy, 10 from mind, 10 from spirit. Gotta get 75 or more, or we just get angrier. 100 success. 32 experience to general, 64 experience to diplomacy. Your attempt to weasen with the enraged man proves a success. Within moments, his demeanour softens and he lowers his weapon. Manage to convince him that you haven't stolen his gold, and he promptly offers you what sounds like a sincere apology. You're about to turn and part ways with the man when, in the blink of an eye, he suddenly vanishes. Startled by the unexpected turn of events, you quickly set off through the forest there. Alright, there's some spooky stuff going in this town. One, two, three, four. New one. Suddenly, as you round the corner of a well-kept structure, the northern end of town, you nearly run into a wagon laden with wool, with logs drawn by two powerful draft horses. The driver, a grey-haired man clad in a fur vest, waves to you as you leap back out of the wagon's path. The wagon turns and rattles onto the main thoroughfare. The sudden sound of footfalls from behind causes you to instinctively turn in an effort to determine who is approaching. Much your surprise and alarm, no one is there. Unnerved by the strange events, you turn and look back upon the wagon, only to find there is no longer any sign of it, as if the, the, the laggard wagon, its horses, and its driver have vanished into thin air, shaken by the eerie encounter. You quickly set off on your way. Okay, exploring one, nothing. What's more, two, three. So, suddenly, while exploring in town, become aware of an old man, always standing at a distance, taking great interest in your movements. On several occasions, you attempt to approach the white-bearded man, only to have him slip away before you can reach him. Right, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right, one more. Okay, I think that might be everything that you can find by exploring. Now let's go to the tavern. Hopefully that's unlocked something. Alright. Buy an ale and something to eat. Drives away the nagging chill. Speak to the tavern keeper. Nope. Mm. Suddenly. Oh, I try to leave and then I get the suddenly. As you turn to make your way outside, you spot an old man gazing at you from a table near the door. Your eyes meet his unsettling stare. The white-bearded man, his thick fingers wrapped tightly around an empty tankard, motions for you to approach him. Ooh, old man, I bet he has a quest. Approach the old man. As you draw up to his table, the old, white-bearded man raises his tankard and uses the empty vessels to salute you. He gently takes... The sets the tackard down and asks you to take a seat. You might find this a bit strange, he says, his intense gaze making you uneasy. But I've been waiting for you to drop by. Of course, it was only a matter of time. The old man repeats his request for you to take a seat and introduces himself as Elboyn. After a quick glance around the room, making certain no one has taken any undue interest in the encounter, you pull out a chair and set yourself down. Seated across the table from Elbowin, you listen with growing interest. As the old man tells you his needs of the service of an expert adventure, 
tells you that it requires the help of someone willing to venture into nearby Thorn Isle and onto the island's only known structure, the abandoned tower. There, he tells you, on the topmost level. He wishes you to retrieve the enchanted fire that continues to burn within the tower's beacon. Many believe Thorn Isle, particularly its tower, to be haunted, he says while he was wise. Of course, many say similar things about Irongard. I ask you, in a world, ask you friend, in a world where adventures such as yourself are routinely running up against the living dead, how can that place be called haunted? And what would it even mean? If you can fetch me enough of the flame to fill my jar, a very special jar, I would certainly reward you. Good, she'll ask Alberwin why it is he seeks the enchanted fire. Immediately responds to a polite inquiry with what seems like a lie. Telling you that he wishes to study it and know what he can about its many strange properties. Not particularly satisfied with the answer, being so no real reason to press him on it, you ask Elabon if he possesses the means by which you can travel to Thorn Island. He quickly nods, reveals he has a small boat you can use to reach the island. You carefully consider Elabon's request. The idea of, idea of venturing onto and exploring Thorn Island holds a great deal of appeal for you. Agree to try and retrieve the enchanted flame. Elabon smiles and tells you he has never doubted that you would accept the task of retrieving the flame. He then says that if that if you're able to collect enough of the flame to fill his jar, a very special jar, he will certainly reward you. When you ask him about the jar, he's surprised to discover he does not have it. The jar is, as far as I know, still in possession of the last adventurer who undertook this mission, he says. Over a year ago, I dispatched a very capable man on the same errand upon which I now send you. He stepped onto the island and never returned. Your sex, of course, is entirely contingent upon first finding and retrieving the jar he carried. It is a magical container, the only vessel, vessel capable of holding the beacon's enchanted flame. Without the jar, there is no hope of capturing the tower's ancient fire. Plato describes to you the jar as a square stone container with a hinge lid. He tells you that numerous engravings adorn the jar. Now, I need not delay you any further, he says, leaning back in his chair. You will find me here, should you need to speak with me again. Let me tell you about how you can safely reach the aisle. Elbon tells you where to find his small boat, and that you should only attempt to land on the northern end of Fallen Island. The shores on the other side of the island are far too steep and treacherous to allow for a safe landing, he says. Having come to the realization the task before you now is more difficult than you originally anticipated, particularly since you need to find the missing stone jar, you decide to set out at once for the island. And Obon wishes you luck, and again tells you that should you need to consult with him, you'll find him here at this very table. The rising from your chair, you turn to bid the old man a farewell, only to have your heart skipped a beat. There is no longer any sign of him. You glance about the womb, desperately seeking any sign of Robin, but there's none to be had. As if the old, white-bearded man has vanished into thin air. Despite having been unnerved by his sudden appearance, you have no intention of allowing the strange incident to deter you from the task at hand. Turning to leave the tavern, you vow to make the journey to Fawn Island, recover Erwin's stone jar, and use it to capture the enchanted flame, instead to still burn in the abandoned tower's beacon. You now have the option to make your way to Fawn Island, when you're an iron guard. Okay, and I will make my way to Fawn Island. Less than a quarter of a mile north of Iron Guard, tucked behind a thicket at the edge of the lake, you find Elbwin's grey boat. The small craft has obviously seen better days. 
but you carefully examine it and judge it to be worthy enough to make the voyage to the island. With a chill wind sweeping off the lake, you push the boat into the water and climb aboard as you prepare to row out Thorn Isle. As the lake's western shore gradually retreats behind you, the dark, forbidding spectre of Thorn Island rises out of Rewind's frigid depths like, like the spined back of some terrible swimming beast. You carefully manoeuvre your craft to approach the island from the north, where you make for a low, stony patch of ground, the back of a broad cove. The only accessible landing spot on the entire island. As you reach the, the mouth of, of the inlet, thin, rolling banks of fog suddenly sweep in across the water, all but obscuring most of the island. Undeterred, you maintain a steady rhythm with the oars, stopping only when the bottom of the grey boat slides against the stones in the shallows. You pull the boat ashore and cautiously survey your surroundings. You're standing on a stony stretch of ground that slopes down to the north to meet the frigid, lapping waters of Lake Orion. Lake Ironwan. In the south looms the iron's dense, tangled interior. A, thi a thin mist curls off the surface of the lake and drapes it over the isle. Despite the deep quiet that hangs over the island, you find yourself plagued by a nagging sense of dread. It feels as if you're being watched. Now time to explore Thorn Island. A thin veil of mist covers the tangled terrain that dominates the inner regions of Thorn Island. Curiously note the that the unusual former one might expect to find in a such set in such a setting birds squirrels and the like i know it as you've seen an unsettled silence settling silence hangs over the island explore now your exploration of thorn island is, is suddenly interrupted by an encounter with a pair of tri jaws begin combat the fishers beetles thrust their sharp horns at you and are slain 4xp you pause to catch your breath and check over your equipment following the defeat of the two tri-jaws. At last, certain you're no longer in any intimate danger here. You once again set off to resume your exploration explore more. Suddenly, the northern side of the isle, as you're making your way through the maze, maze of tangled ledges that run along the shore, you happen upon a strange and disturbing sight. As you step around the tall, jagged shoulder of the ledge, looking for some way out of this, out of the treacherous maze of rocks and brangle, your eyes fall upon a startling sight. Directly ahead of you, two dozen yards to the west, is a small, blazing fire. Seated next to the fire, his face turned in profile, is a young man. Something about the young man's face seems vaguely familiar. Then in an instant your heart skips a beat as the realist's eyes realization strikes you. You're staring at the face of Elborn, the old man at whose request behest you made your way to the island. Elborn rises and you immediately stun that both the fire and the young man next to it are only apparitions. You're about to leap closer and get and get a closer look. When something happens that freezes you in mid-step. Seven ghostly, armour-clad figures suddenly emerge from the undergrowth, only a few yards from where the apparition of Elborn stands. The young man swiftly and silently draws his sword and assumes a defensive stance. Without a sound, the seven spirits descend upon the young Elborn in a savage in a savage, frenzied assault, their phantasmal weapons streaking through the air as they play out a scene that originally took place at this very spot ages ago. The silent apparition of Albon suddenly vanishes, and, and in an instant, as if having sensed your presence, the seven spirits turn their attention to you. 
as the gruesome phantas phantoms surge towards you, the ragged tips of their glowing boots floating just inches off the ground. Your mind races. You quickly realise that if you choose to hold your ground against this ghastly horde, you will soon find yourself surrounded with no way to escape. Well, of course I'm going to fight them. Hold your ground and engage the seven spirits. You hold your ground, positioning yourself so you only have to face the seven swiftly advancing spirits one at a time. The first of the seven armoured spirits rapidly descends upon you. Its translucent, misting fingers close tightly around the grip of its glowing weapon. It's an axe-wielding ghost. The armoured spirit hacks at you with its glowing axe. The enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke for 11 damage. Keeps hacking, I keep bashing, and it is slain. 37 XP. Ooh, pretty nice. Your final blow slices right through the glowing, non-corporeal fabric of the, of the armoured spirit. Tearing its ghostly torso to shreds. Without a sound, the ghost form dissipates into a shimmering cloud of vapour. The next armoured spirit surges forward and silently attacks, driving you back several feet as you struggle to counter its ferocious assault. It's a mace-wielding ghost this time. Mace v. Mace swipes at you with its glowing mace. And I swipe with my shimmering mace. And I win. 37 XP. Your final blow slices right through the glowing, non-corporeal fabric of the armoured spirit, tearing its ghostly torso to sweats. Without a sound, the ghost form dissipates into a shimmering cloud of vapour. The next ar armoured spirit surges forward and silently attacks driving you back several feet as you struggle to counter its ferocious assault. It's an axe-wielding ghost. It hacks at me and is slain. 37 XP. And on to the next one. Another axe-wielding ghost. Just going to go through that quickly. Hacks and is slain. 37 XP. Another mace-wielding ghost. We need for one of those. Brutal stroke, 11 damage. And is slain, 37 XP. It's another axe-wielding ghost. Brutal stroke. But it still falls, 37 XP. Sword-wielding ghost. The last of the seven spirits surges forward and attacks. The armoured spirit slashes at you with its glowing sword. It's mostly dead and slain. 38 XP. Your final blow slashes right through the glowing, non-corporeal fabric of the armoured spirit, tearing its ghostly torso to sweats. Without a sound, the ghost's form dissipates into a shimmering cloud of vapour. 128 experience to general. Following your victory over the seven ghosts, you make a thorough search of the immediate area. Close to where Airborne's ghost was seated next to the phantasmal fire, you discover a small, rotting wooden box half buried in the damp earth. After digging out the box, you flip open its lid and are surprised to find a decaying container holds a weathered scrap of apartment bearing several faint yet still discernible linked symbols. Though you cannot determine what the symbols might mean, you believe they could prove to be of some importance. You safely tuck away the scrap of parchment amongst your other belongings as a scrap of weathered parchment. This small scrap of weathered parchment contains several strange symbols inked in black. Though somewhat faded, the symbols, which you cannot seem to comprehend, remain legible. At last... Confident you haven't overlooked looked anything, you once again set off to resume your exploration of the island. Explore once more. While exploring the western side of Fall Island, you discover a tall, narrow mouth of a cave set into the side of a steep, wooded hill. You've made a special note of this location, 
a cave, and may return to it in the future, whenever you explore Thorn Isle. You're standing just outside the tall, narrow mouth of the cave. The shadowy moor peers out at you from the side of a steep, wooded hill. It will be a tight squeeze, but you have no doubt you can easily fit through the foreboding fissure. Alright, enter the cave. You're standing just to the west of the tall, narrow fissure through which you entered this damp, gloomy cave. The air is still and cool here, and upon its infrequent stirrings you can detect the unmistakable odour of decaying flesh. Now again, as you stand listening, you can hear the sounds of things moving unseen in some far corner of this dark lair. Okay, I start on the eastern side, sort of in the middle, making my way to the northeast corner. Suddenly, you freeze in mid-step as a small, grey-cloaked figure darts out of the shadows ahead. The figure draws to a halt at the edge of your light and raises its hooded head, revealing the leering face of a golden-skinned goblin. Before you can react to the creature's sudden appearance, the goblin turns and swiftly retreats into the gloom. The sound of things moving unseen, just beyond the range of your light, fills you with a gnawing sense of dread as you bravely explore the dank, gloomy cave passage. Okay, going to the northeast corner. You cover signs that suggest a large number of creatures was recently gathered here at the end of the cave corridor. Okay, going opposite that place to another place. You recently discover signs that suggest a large number of creatures was recently gathered here at the end of the cave corridor. Alright, uh, and exploring west from the entrance. So that little alcove. You're standing in a small, roughly circular chamber just off the broad cave tunnel you've been following. The back of the chamber set upon a series of crudely hewn wooden plaques. It's a gruesome collection of skulls. You make a quick examination of the eerie galley and discover the collection of skulls, primarily made up of animal bones, also includes several human specimens. Unnerved by the find, you decide not to linger here any longer than necessary and immediately set off on your way. I mean... There are legitimate reasons to have a lot of skulls. I mean, you could be a phrenologist. Okay, maybe it's not that legitimate. Because that's a crazy-ass science, which thinks you can just pull out some calipers and go, okay, doing this, doing some math. I have worked out, using math, that you are inferior. You are racially inferior, according to math that I've just made up. Well, actually, other people made up. Okay. Okay, I'll go to the southwest corner now. You discover signs that a large number of creatures was recently gathered here. The end of a cave corridor. Okay, I might have to explore some more of the island first. Okay, there's, there's a little alcove off the southeast corner. You discover signs that suggest a large number of creatures was recently gathered here. The end of the cave corridor. Okay, what does that even mean? Okay, I've been everywhere in this dungeon. Doesn't seem to be any random encounters. So if there is something for me to do, it's not yet. Leave the cave. You squeeze through the tall, narrow fissure and leave the cave. Move away. Explore some more. While exploring through the tangled veil on the eastern side of the isle, you happen upon the abandoned tower. You've made a special note of this location, the abandoned tower, 
may return to it in the future whenever you explore Thorn Isle. Rising up out of the tangled veil, stretching just above the tops of the ancient trees, the wing, the whim of the deep ravine, is the legendary Tower Thorn Isle. The upper portions of the imposing stone structure are obscured by the roiling mist that continues to sweep over the island. High above, its golden glow piercing the veil of fog, fog, you can make out what can only be the light from the enchanted flame of the tower's beacon. The wall that once surrounded the tower is now nothing more than a few scattered heaps of rubble, a heavy wooden door, showing no signs of decay, guess it's magic, stands closed beneath an ornate arch set into the tower's base. Enter the tower. Despite several attempts to open the door, you're unable to gain entry into the tower. You believe, believe the wooden door is protected by powerful magic, and the means to open it must lie elsewhere. Move away. Okay. While exploring a tangled region near the centre of the island, you discover a broad opening of a tunnel set into the side of a rock-strewn hill. You've made a special note of this location, a strange tunnel. You may return to it in the future whenever you explore Thorn Isle. You're standing, standing before the broad mouth of a tunnel that stretches into the side of a rock-strewn hill. In a tangled swath of, fo of forest at the centre of Thorn Island. The arch that frames the mouth of the tunnel is made up of massive stone blocks. Beyond the arch, a wide passage extends out of sight, swiftly disappearing into the gloom. Enter the tunnel. You're standing just inside the broad mouth of the tunnel. To the west, the light of day spills across the threshold of this steeply sloped passage. The east, the tunnel plunges into darkness. Okay, I started in the northwest corner, going east. A web of golden energy suddenly appears, spanning the full breadth of the passage ahead. You attempt to approach a strange barrier, only to be repelled by a powerful, invisible force. Unable to determine a way past the web of energy, you retreat along the corridor. Hmm. Okay, can't go in there yet. Leave the tunnel, move away. Keep exploring. It's an oozing beetle. And there we are. You pause to catch your breath as you check over the equipment. Following defeat of the oozing beetle, one gold. Allah, certainly we're no longer in intimate danger. Here, you once again set off to resume your exploration. Keep exploring. Two jade fadanks, quick combating those. Two XP. Explore some more. Two oozing beetles. Quick combating those. Two XP. Explore again. You trek far and wide across the tangled isle, but discover nothing of any particular interest. Keep exploring, nothing of interest. Three slivering menaces. Okay, explore some more. Nope. Explore some oozing beetles. Two XP for those. Explore some more blackhorn beetles. Explore some more. Two XP for those. Keep exploring. A leafy prowler. At two XP. Keep exploring. Nothing of interest. Keep exploring. Keep exploring. Okay. Nothing of interest. Keep exploring. Keep exploring. I think unless. No, no, I don't think so. Bat bat beagle. That is quick combated. Five XP for that. Explore some more. Hollow ball beetle. 2xp for that. 
Alright, keep exploring, keep exploring. Two leafy prowlers. Two XP. Another two leafy prowlers. Two XP for those. Keep them coming. Slivering menace. Two XP for those. Nothing of particular interest. Nothing of particular interest. Using beetle. For those. Suddenly, on a sun-straped slope, deep in the mist on the southern edge of the Isles, where the mist seemed thinner, you happen upon a gruesome discovery. The skeletal remains of a chain-clad man lie wedged between two sharp outcroppings of rocks. Some of the bones of me are missing, and others bear the obvious signs having been ignored at by rodents. The chain stirred that still covers the skeleton torso is hopelessly rusted. As you examine the remains and its immediate surroundings, you're suddenly struck by the horrifying realisation that an unfortunate soul seems to be the victim of a nasty fall that pinned him between two rock outcroppings. You shudder to think of the night. Marish demise this bold adventurer may have suffered here, perhaps stuck for days before succumbing to starvation, a lack of water, the elements, or worse. Suddenly, just as you're about to continue past the unsettling scene, your clean eyes take notice of something lying further up the slope from where the skeleton rests. There... Snagged on a garled root is a worn leather bag. Retrieve the bag and open it. Nearly gasping as your eyes fall upon a wound-covered stone jar at the bottom of the back. You found the jar described to you by Elborn. Without warning, something heavy lands across the back of your head. Sending you sprawling face first to the ground. The jar flies out of your hands and lands several yards to your right. As you struggle to regain your feet and determine the source of the blow, a small, cloaked figure darts around from behind you and rushes over to the jar. The cloaked figure, its head covered by a hood, hood that's as tattered and grimy as the rest of its attire, snatches up the jar and promptly turns to look at you. Your pulse quickens as you find yourself... Staring at the sneering, scarred face of a golden-skinned goblin. The hideous creature holds up a bo long, bony finger and waves it at you disapprovingly. Then, with unnerving swiftness, the goblin turns and bounds up and over the crest of a forested slope. Ignoring the throbbing ache at the base of your s back of your skull, you stagger to your feet and rushed to the top of the hill, but there was no longer any sign of the cloaked goblin. Dismayed at having found and then lost the jar, the Erebon says you need to capture the flame from the tower's beacon. You resolve to somehow find the goblin and retrieve it. With this thought foremost on your mind, you quickly check over your gear, before once again resuming your exploration of the isle. Okay, keep exploring. Nope. Maybe, did he go into the tunnels? Enter the tunnels. Okay, past. Nope, nope, can't, can't do it there. Can't do anything at the tunnels yet. Explore the cave. Enter the cave. Alright, northeastern point. A series of ghastly sweeps suddenly erupt out of the darkness ahead. The horrid cries echo along the passage as a horde of scorny, grey-skinned goblins emerge from the gloom. Before you can even attempt to retreat, the vile creatures surge forward and surround you, cutting off any hope of escape. You defiantly engage your savage foes. The first of the grey goblins bounds forward and attacks. It's crude bow weapon poised to deal you a nasty blow to Grey Goblin. One of six. The goblin strikes at you, the crude weapon of bow, 
brutal stroke, throw damage. It is slain. Nine XP. The Grey Goblin collapses onto the floor of the cave, stumbling into an ever-widening pool. Stool of his own blood. The next goblin leaps at you, swiping out his crude weapon of bone. Swipes you the crude weapon of bone and is slain. Nine XP. The grey goblin collapses onto the floor of the clave, slumping into an ever-widening pool of its own blood. It's another grey goblin, and it is slain. Swiping out. There is another one, number four. It is slain. Pool of its own blood. The next grey goblin leaps at you, swiping out his crude weapon of bone. And is slain. Number six. The last of the Grey Goblins hurls itself at you in a frenzied attack, striking out wildly with its crudely fashioned bone weapon. It's Grey Goblin, six of six, begin combat. Swipes to do this crude weapon and is slain. 11 XP. The Grey Goblin collapses onto the floor of the cave, slumping into an ever-widening pool of its own blood. 64 XP in general. With the last of the Grey Goblins lying in a bloodied heap at your feet, you step back and lean up against the damp cave wall, struggling to catch your breath as your eyes scour the surrounding darkness for any further sign of the wretched creatures. Amidst the remains of your slain foes, you discover a small quantity of gold, 48 gold tokens. Alas, confident you are no longer in any imminent danger, you check out your equipment before once again setting off through the gloom. Okay, opposite there. A series of ghastly sweeps suddenly erupt out of the darkness ahead. The horrid cries echo along the passage as a horde of scrawny, grey-skinned goblins suddenly emerge from the gloom. Before you can even attempt to retreat, the vile creatures surge forward and surround you. Cutting off any hope of escape, you defiantly engage your savage foes. The first of the Grey Goblins bounds forward and attacks, his crude bow weapon poised to deal you a nasty glow. Blow, it's a Grey Goblin, one of five. Okay, the Goblin strikes you his crude weapon of bone. Number nine, nine XP. Another one, brutal stroke, full damage, not good enough, 9 XP, just going to quick combat that, 9 XP, another one, quick combat that, 9 XP, it's the last one, quick combat that, and 10 XP, 64 XP to general. With the last of the grey goblins lying in a bloodied heap at your feet, you step back, lean up against the damp cave wall, struggling to catch your breath as your eyes scour the surrounding darkness for any further sign of the wretched creatures. Amidst the remains of your slain foes, you discover a small quantity of gold. Alright, 35 gold tokens. At last, confident you're no longer in any intimate danger, you check over your equipment before once again setting off through the gloom. Okay, going back to another question mark, just a little southeast, one, one to the southeast of where I was. You're standing in a, in a small rough. Nope, it's, this is the skulls. Nope, nothing to do with the skull town. You freeze in mid-step as a small, grey-cloaked figure darts out of the shadows ahead. As the figure draws to a halt at the edge of your light, you suddenly recognise it to be the hooded, golden-skinned goblin who stole the wound-covered jar. Before you react to the creature's sudden appearance, the goblin turns and swiftly retreats into the gloom. And uh, it's the, there, yeah, it's the glowing golem again. Gone. It's hiding from me. Probably because it knows I'm going to whoop its ass. If, I, if it can just stay still. 
long enough to get its ass whooped. A series of ghastly sweeps had whooped out of the darkness ahead. The horrid cries echo along the passage as a horde of scrawny, grey-skinned goblins emerge from the gloom on the southwest corner. Before you can even attempt to retreat, the vile creatures surge forward and surround you, cutting off any hope of escape. You defiantly engage your savage foes. The first of the grey goblins bounds forward and attacks, its crude bow weapon poised to deal you a nasty blow. It's a grey goblin. Wherefore? Strikes at you with its crude weapon. Grey goblin again. Strikes at you with its crude weapon of bone. Great goblin, yep. Crude weapon of bone. And it is slain. 9 XP. The grey goblin collapses onto the floor of the cave, slumping onto an ever-widening pool of its own blood. The last of the grey goblins hurls itself at you in a frenzied attack, striking out at you with its crudely fashioned bone weapon. Strikes, okay, and slain. 9 XP. The grey goblin collapses onto the floor of the cave, slumping onto an ever-widening pool of its own blood. Okay, 64 XP general, with the last of the grey goblins lying in a bloodied heap at your feet, you step back and lean up against a damp cave wall, struggling to catch your breath as your eyes scour the surrounding darkness for any further sign of the wretched creatures. Amidst the remains of your slain foes, you discover a small quantity of gold, 22 gold tokens. At last, confident you are no longer in any imminent danger, you check over your equipment before once again setting off through the gloom. Okay. Hmm. You freeze in mid. It's yep. It's 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 that goblin, golden goblin, and it retreats. Goblin retreats. Although I would probably like to hold this. It retreats. The golden goblin retreats again. Okay, near the southeast corner. A series of ghastly sweeps suddenly erupts out of the darkness ahead. The horrid cries echo along the passage as a horde of scrawny, grey-skinned goblins emerge from the gloom. Before you can even attempt to retreat, the vile creatures surge forward surround you, cutting off any hope of escape. You defiantly engage your savage foes. The first of the grey goblins bounds forward and attacks, its crude bone weapon poised to deal you a nasty blow. Grey goblin model 6, quick combat, 2-6. Alright, final XP for that. Right, on to the next one, number three, quick combat. And that is a more experience, nine experience. All right, quick combat, the fourth, four of six, five of six. And that was 10 XP for that. Here comes the last one. The last falls at you with this crudely fashioned bone weapon. And it's slain. Alright, slain 11 XP. The grey goblin collapses into a, onto the floor of the cave, slumping into an ever widening pool of its own blood. 64 XP to general. With the last of the grey goblins lying in a bloodied heap at your feet, you step back and lean up against the damp cave wall, struggling to catch your breath as your eyes scour the surrounding darkness for any further sign of the wretched creatures. Amidst the remains of your slain foes, you discover a small quantity of gold, 35 gold tokens. At last, confident you are no longer in any imminent danger, 
he took over the equipment before once again setting off through the gloom. Right. Alright, I've been to all the places in this cave now. Anything back in the school place? Nope. Several human specimens. It's that golden goblin. It turns up. And it retreats into the glow. Okay. Guess it's time to suddenly I make my way near the entrance. Suddenly. Your progress along the cave passage comes to an abrupt halt. As a small hooded figure steps into view out of the darkness ahead. The figure throws back its hood, revealing the chart, the scarred, sneering face of a golden skinned goblin. A lurid yellow glow animates from every exposed inch of goblin's flesh, giving the creature an eerie, ghoulish appearance. Realise immediately that a sinister being standing less than ten yards from you is none other than the infamous Glowing Goblin who has a link. The Glowing Goblin. This strange creature who has earned a name from the urid golden glow that animates from his equally golden skin has long been the subject of many legends throughout the North Borderlands. Most accounts finish the sinister goblin as a master thief who steals valuable treasures and haunts them away in his sequined lair. He most often appears in large cities. Others believe the going goblin is an agent in the employ of a far greater, of some greater and far more sinister figure. The few times that either adventurers or city goblins have caught up with the foul creature had en- ended with the goblin escaping, often after slaying one or more of his pursuers. The, the renowned adventurer Tallies claims to have defeated the glowing goblin in the city of Twithick more than 20 years ago. Tallies recalls the goblin's body vanished after he was slain. His place, he found three strange silver coat tote coins, each bearing an engraving of the snarling, snarling goblin's head. Tally's account has led to widespread speculation: the goblin is not a creature of this world. The glowing goblin, his face frozen in a cruel, exaggerated grin, draws back his right arm and twitches his long, bony fingers. A spinning weave of fire appears and hovers just above his claw-snip-tipped fingers. With a sharp hiss, the wretched creature hurls the deadly, blazing, blazing weave at you. I can use, I can dodge, or I can use elementalism, Shadow magic or fortification. I'll give elementalism a go. It succeeded. 8 XP to elementalism. You summon your power of elementalism. You focus your elemental power on the weave of fire and manage to reduce the deadly, hurtling blaze to a wing, wing, of thing, wing of cinders. The glowing remains of the flaming weave land harmlessly at your feet. The glowing goblin, goblin, his face twisted into a cruel, exaggerated grin, draws back his right arm and, twi- and twitches his long, bony fingers. A spinning weave of fire appears and hovers just above his claw spin, his claw-tipped fingers. With a sharp hiss, the wretched creature hurls the deadly, blazing weave at you. I'll use shadow magic this time. Succeeded. 16 XP to shadow magic. You call upon your power of shadow magic. A chorus of shrill whispers fills your heads as two long bands of gloom sliver off the cave walls and instantly stretch out before you. 
creeping themselves into a massive web of shadow. A wreath of fire strikes the shadow barrier and is prompt, promptly and completely swallowed up by the impenetrable gloom. The glowing goblin, his face frozen into a cool, exaggerating grin, draws back his white arm and twitches his long, bony fingers. A spinning weave of fire appears and hovers just above his claw-tipped fingers with a sharp hiss. The wretched creature hurls the deadly, blazing wreath at you. I can, once again, I can use fortification, shadow magic, or dodge. I'll use fortification. It failed. Your agonised cries echo off the damp cave walls as the wreath of fire passes through you, stinging your flesh. 11 damage. The glowing goblin, exposing a mouthful of jagged, Half-watted fangs. The creature's gr- creature's grin rapidly twists into a scowl. To a scowl, it draws out a long, bladed knife. Oh, my pretty fire is gone! He says, hissing with every breath. You'll take just a moment to conjure up some more, if you'll ever be sound, kind to allow me. Oh, never mind any of that. I'll be just as happy to slice you open. You're never getting back your jar. It's now mine. With every, with, with a single glutal snarl, the glowing goblin bounds forward and attacks, fishingly slashing out at you with his deadly blade. It's a glowing goblin. Begin combat. You can, alright, I'm going to fight this. Slashes you with his long bladed knife. Brutal stroke for 12 damage. Okay, just bashing it away. Long bladed knife. Brutal stroke against me. Brutal stroke for 15 damage. Okay, and keep going. Brutal stroke for 12 damage. And you are, and it is slain. 63, 73 XP, 128 experience to general. The glowing goblin shrieks and stumps to the ground, his head coming to west in a widening pool of blood in the centre of the chamber. The strange creature's patched grey cloak falls gently over his prone form. You prod at the lump under the cloak with your foot, only to discover there is nothing there. The glowing goblin's corpse has disappeared. You lift up your the tattered cloak and related to find the wound-covered jar resting beneath. Wasting no time, you reach down and take possession of the jar. I have a wound-covered jar. Numerous wounds are engraved, engraved on the rough, uneven surface of this heavy earthenware jar. This is Alborian's enchanted jar, according to Alborian. It's the only vessel capable of holding back, holding the magical flames from which the beacon burns atop. Magical flames of the beacon that burns atop the abandoned town on Thorn Island. With the glowing goblin now gone, you hope he's gone for good. You make a quick trick check through your equipment before setting off on your way through the cave. Okay, there we are. Leave the cave. You squeeze through the tall narrow fissure and leave the cave. Move away from the cave. Call off your exploration now. Take your boat back to Irongar. You climb up the tall grey cleft and set out across the frigid lake, rowing through a boiling blank of mist as you leave the grim spectre of Thorn Island behind. When you reach the western shore of the lake, you again hide the boat just near the water's edge, just north of Irongard. And I am back in Irongard. I have also saved. Time to save. And that bring 
And well, that's enough for now. Next time, we're going to find out what the jar does and get into the tower. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.